bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Adrian Mean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. And Mr. Bryce Castillo, the survivor. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad that you can make that joke. I'm so I'm so excited yeah. that that's where you want to come in on. So, so Bryce, Bryce is in Texas. Bryce, yes. what's the temperature right now? How are you doing? What's the temperature? Uh, the temperature right now here in uh, southwest Austin, Texas, is about 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Is is, 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 is officially listed as sun's out, guns out. <laughs> That's right. We went from the longest period of below of consecutive below freezing temperatures, 144 hours, to a nice a nice spring day in the in the span of 24 hours. It, it, it's it's this this is such a crazy heel turn um, that that the weather did on the people of Texas, but. Uh, I think uh, we're working through it. That's why Brian's not here. He's working on getting some water, getting some water here in the facility. So he won't join us today. Well, I'm glad you're able to make it. Very glad you have it here. It's yeah. it's one of those things that like there's cold and there's cold. Mm-hmm. There's ah, uh, I need to turn on the heater to like uh, I need a bunch of husky pack dogs. Um, I need a fire <laughs> in my room, and I'm never leaving again. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing where you start to ration things you had not really considered that you might have to ration, right? Like, okay, I've got these blankets, but I need to cover the windows. So I can give up this blanket to cover up most of this window. And then, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, they'd say in a conserve power, but I can run the air popper and I can heat up the bathroom while I, while I get changed or while I wash up. Um, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know enough to get into the root causes of all this. I mean, of, of the power thing. I do know the root cause of a lot of the things that ill the world. And if you were to travel back in time, if, if you were to travel back in time from today to 1921 okay, and uh, go walk around, you know, cities and places like this, what would be some of the takeaways you would think about? In in 1921, um, mm-hmm. so that would be post post plumbing and post running water, right? Would would that be? Yeah, you got electricity, you got running yeah. water, you got the telephone. I mean, you can't you can't, you can't make bathtub gin without uh, without some running water. Yeah, but if you were to visit homes and stuff, what would be your takeaway? Hmm. Probably food preservation, right? Food food preserv- preservation technology has changed quite a bit mm-hmm. since then right you know keeping you know you'd have you know, like those those guys that would sell you ice like yeah, a the big, big old ice block guy. of ice yeah mm-hmm. um cars and gas right we'd probably be taken by i mean in just the value of currency at the time but but the, the dependency on on automobiles probably is is been changed well, I, in I would years. also even wonder what the feasibility I mean, because now cars are fairly cheap you can get a a a used car for for a fairly inexpensive price but i wonder at that point exactly what level of luxury a car would be just in general yeah not to mention mm-hmm. safety um mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, that, I mean, like, but let's just let's just get a big old sheen of, of of safety to the entire process. Like, you know, going to eat a bagel is going to be more dangerous in 1921 than it is today. Just pulling out nails, iron nails out of your bagel like it's nothing. Ah, I got the bones today. They gave me the bone exactly. in bagel. <laughs> so all of this. Yeah. And I, the thing that I thought about is we would take away. We'd realize, man, everybody's poor. Everybody's poor. Because you get into a car and like, oh, the car's kind of neat, but like that car you buy, there's no safety features. There's nothing like this. You go to a downtown thing and you see the percentage of people are unemployed and you realize how many people live in boarding houses, how many people live in multifamily dwellings are pretty much the norm in certain areas. You go to bigger cities and stuff. Unemployed men would, you know, be living in, you know, staying in these big rooms with mats and stuff like just the quality of life compared to the average quality of life, particularly lower income, was way worse mm-hmm. than it is now. We'd be like, man, poor. You, you'd go look in schools, you go to the buildings and stuff. The amount of supplies are limited. A lot of things are limited. People don't have things. I'm not talking about just crap, but just things in general. And the quality of you know, buildings and stuff might be well made, but you know, you look at uh, the furniture and a lot of these other things. You know, most you know we think about like, oh, they used to build things to last in the old days. No. Those are only you'll only see the things that lasted. <laughs> yeah, it's a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Like they built these buildings to last. I don't know. There were thirty other buildings here. They didn't last. And it's just that when people say stuff like that, like how you can't test it just by that premise alone. This thing lasted, therefore they built things to last. That thing did. A lot of you know a lot of buildings and stuff. You look at like houses and stuff. Like much thinner. People pointed out our chat. No insulation. Stuff like this. Like you look at what goes into a house today versus then. And, you know, we might, oh, no, I went, we did this tour of this house, this historic house. Yeah, that was the nicest house in your city. That's why they preserved it. You know, <laughs> yeah. everything else was. You know, it, it's it's funny even, you know, to and, and I would only imagine that this extrapolates back 100 years, but even the last 25, and this is something that I've, I, I was focusing a lot in looking when we were looking for houses in Austin of, of just the difference between insulation, that if you're buying a house that has not been remodeled specifically with insulation in mind that was built any time before i mean hell even in in, in, into the late 80s the differences in how houses were insulated was night and day and and it it played out a friend of mine who was a, a fairly newer house in austin because of that construction never really got below like 50 degrees despite the fact that they had lost power and and at times heat in their house and it's like that just the construction of that was the difference between it getting far way, you know, closer to what it was outside versus right. it staying reasonably, you know, considering the, the, the disaster that had befallen them comfortable. And, and that's like, you know, that, that's something that we don't even think about. We just look at a house from the outside and we're like a house is a house is a house, but it, it's not like that innovation is crucial. And and the other maybe the other obvious one here is like means of communication, right? I mean, if you ran out of if you ran out of power back then, uh, how would you find out what's even going on? How would you even know the status thing? I mean, even even today, even in the worst case scenario, you lose uh, water, heat, and power. You at least have a phone. That phone's going to last you a couple of hours at least, so you can figure out arrangements, right? If you're going to have uh, uh, you might have battery packs, right? I've got, I had a couple of, uh, USB charged battery bricks that would have lasted me probably a couple of days. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we just even have more means of 
of dealing with the situation, staying more informed, right? You know, uh, I, 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 if, if the TV or the power went out, well, I can look at Twitter. I could look at, uh, you know, any number of group chats. Yeah, I don't, they had, uh, I don't know when the first battery operated radios were around. Um, but, uh, pretty would have been rare in like 1921, anything like that remotely, but you did have telephone, but yeah, but you, uh, and that was, you know, as far as the power supply for that, but that, that would be extremely vulnerable too. But the point I want to make is imagine somebody visiting from 2121. Hmm. How, how, how do we think look barbaric us? to them? Well, we're not barbaric. Right. I mean, barbaric, <laughs> I'd say more poor. We, we're poor. Gonna, you're gonna, you look around and you think about like, I live in a nice apartment complex, nice area stuff, but you know, there's still, you know, some places, you know, you get people leave stuff outside, whatever you still have, you know, we have, you know, vulnerabilities here in California, with our electrical grid powers go in and out. It's 2021. We are in the friggin' future. And, and it's not that we don't know how to solve these problems. It's just, we don't know. It's not the engineering's problem is a mystery to us. It is more eh, bureaucracy, all these other things that come up. Execution. Get it, but, Execution. Yeah. 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 And we, we, you know, we, on some hands, some, on some one hand, we want to be very far forward about stuff. On other hand, we're sort of behind the times on things. And I've been a big advocate for nuclear. I don't need to go into that here, but how much that could help a lot. But even still, there's a lot of other little things that like, you know, we have, you know, we have a huge, you know, L.A., we have a very huge homeless problem, which is directly fueled by, you know, there is a housing crisis, but also drugs and our inability to help people with mental health issues is probably the biggest driving factor of that. And you think of like, man, we're in a really, really rich society and there is very much a will to solve these problems, but we quite don't know how. Like we genuinely don't know. We will. One, we misdiagnose what the problem is. It's problem, number, you know, first problem. But that's the thing I think a lot about, like, you know, you drive through Skid Row in L.A., it's huge. It's like a mini town. And it's scary. And it, and it's this sort of thing. Of, it's scary to think about how people have to live in those conditions. And you're like, man, that's a symptom of our poverty. You know, it's a symptom of how poor we are, you know, as, you know, to be able, not be able to solve this problem. Do, do you think 100 years would be enough to uh, – this, uh, this, this may be unba- un- unfounded or this, this, this may not have as much legs, but it just, it just – stick with me here a little bit america america just speaking about america america's big and we have a lot of space right just not where all the people are right do, do you think a hundred years would be enough enough time to build up new newer uh metro areas to continue to uh i don't know build out instead of up right do you think that well, there's more do you think that there's density to I, add in the less dense Bryce, parts the problem, the problem, a big problem we have, let's say in, Cal- in L.A. and California, parts of it with our with our homeless problem, isn't that there's no place to live in San Bernardino. It isn't that there ha- aren't houses for sale elsewhere or sure. whatever. It is there are people who there are people with real economic problems, but there it, drugs is a huge driving factor. It is a humongous driving factor for this reason. There's a reason when Hunter Biden wanted to go back on crack, he goes to the homeless camp. There's a reason you know where to go because it is a huge problem there. Why there's a problem there, what what causes that, that's another question beyond me, but that is a huge strike. And until you deal with that, because that is why a lot of people choose to live, in, sorry, be in these areas and live that there, you know. Well, I, uh, and and I, I, uh, sorry, I didn't mean that quite as a direct response to the home, to the homeless issue, but I, I think about all of the things that overcrowding and, and high density does to various metro cities, right? Whether we're talking about transportation mm-hmm. or, um, you know, availability of housing 
or uh, you know available of of access to to metro areas um you know people you know work downtown and then they live 60 60 minutes away and are you know right like uh a, a little more broader to the to the homeless thing i have i uh don't know what this what the solution is nor to- nor 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 do i think that we're going to solve the homelessness crisis here on the podcast but i do think uh where we are at now if we're going to look at extrapolate 100 years out and and understand that our progress is caused by pain like there are you know uh, the the pain we feel can often be predictive of the breakthroughs for which we are going to define the next 50 100 years and if and if we do say that part of that is you know if somebody were to come back and and even walk through Oakland walk through San Francisco walk through LA uh, that is something that people would would look at and and do say like wow that that is a pain point that is a problem uh, and so whether it be uh, solving these issues personally through some kind of mental health breakthrough if there's one thing that I think no matter what the pandemic has changed ir- absolutely for the better it is telemedicine. I think the concept mm-hmm. of telemedicine, mm-hmm. removing, uh, 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 keep an eye on anybody who wants to put old rules back in place about not being able to contact the doctor and immediately shame them from the village, <laughs> uh, uh, remove them from polite yeah. society, because that is something that I think breaking down the access to uh, uh, health right and 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 democratizing that idea breaking it outside of a physical you got to be here to to interact with it way that's a revolutionary <clears throat> concept and if what we're really talking about on some level with things like the homelessness population is catching somebody at a point where you know and a, a health intervention can really change the course of somebody's life before you get into the throes of drug addiction or or, or at, at mm-hmm. the first point when you are able to to maybe pull somebody out of it. And the difference is uh, I have the will to do it on my phone. I don't have the will to go physically to a doctor to get a referral to another doctor and expose my shame multiple times. Like that to me is is like I, I think if we if we go a hundred years in the future, the concept and this gets into a, yet another political landmine issue, but the concept of our healthcare, I feel like is going to look radically different because I think it's going to well, look radically and, different in, in 10 years. And just, Absolutely. just, and that, that what's supposed to say, and I say that's, then that gets back because it's the driver of these things. It's pointing out the chat rooms after reinferred. Like we, we stigmatize like, oh, well, they're just there for drugs. I don't mean that at all. Like you have, if you're dealing with healthcare issues and you don't have any normal way to treat with it, Drugs become a coping way. They come with coping. If you're dealing with severe issues, you know, it, it is it sometimes it's better than nothing because you're not getting the help you need. And help is ex- it is ridiculously expensive when you look at like and we have a very predatory system for drug treatment, by the way, too, which is more about getting bodies into clinics in some cases and billing them and hoping they come back later. A lot of things are broken. And, and a part of the way we treat people and we look at we categorize like, well, they're a drug user. So that's different than these people about homes. It's like. There is a vicious cycle. Things reinforce each other. And like Justin said, the more we can lower the cost and make these things more accessible, 
better, so yeah. much better, and destigmatize, and just destigmatize this. Yeah, yeah. F- faster Sorry, is a big part of it. Well, and you know, to to bring it back to you know this past week, um, uh, a, a a buddy of mine, uh, uh, got hurt. He got hurt in the middle of the the cold storm, and uh, he was able to do telemedicine and. The doctor could say, hey, yeah, it looks like you fractured your rib. Um, can't really do anything for you now. Really wouldn't have been able to do anything for you if you came in. If you got painkillers, take them and see how how you're doing in the morning. Um, and and that's something that, that he could do from home um, versus, you know, braving, you know, black ice and, and harsh weather and, and, and road conditions. Uh, to to get you know even a, even a, a a basic like let me just at and, least check on at and, least check on you and that is something in some places was illegal mm-hmm. illegal before uh, uh before you know the, the the pandemic you know there were there were certain areas in which like actual laws had to be suspended for us to have those uh, uh kind of uh, abilities and then the next level beyond that is us figuring out hey you want to know what around the world there's probably a doctor that can be there to talk to you for fairly cheap at any moment as long as you have an internet connection and like you like you mentioned Bryce i mean imagine a world in which uh, uh i i don't know the circumstances in which your friend hurt themselves but i presume it was on some level related to the fact that it everything was, was it was water related and, uh, he yeah. had, he had a he had a burst pipe and so he he slipped right he slipped so in he his slipped. own home yeah, yeah. I mean, hell! Before I left, the the uh, if if anybody who's watching live, you see through the window behind Bryce is the the porch for the the property. That porch was totally frozen over, yeah. totally frozen over, and was a a a broken ankle, a broken rib, a broken arm, waiting to happen with a bunch of people that were that that did not have snow boots including me <laughs> i had running shoes cuz that's all i brought to austin because i presumed that that was all i was going to need yeah. uh and 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 to yeah i mean we 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 we're, we're coming up with more and more examples of why this is a a a step forward but i think god it, it, we're just thinking of physical trauma in the moment and we're not even understanding uh you know like 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 andrew said lowering the barrier lowering the stigma finding i mean uh, uh when when you're talking about these sorts of issues health mental health uh, uh addiction related they start very small and they just get reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and anything that can help alleviate that cycle can begin unraveling it and and, and begin maybe taking it in in, in another direction and that's something that I certainly hope continuing going a hundred years from now, we're going to look back and be like, Oh God, like it's going to be like little house on the prairie that like, but you had to physically go to a doctor around you. And then he had to physically give you a, a yeah. permission slip. He didn't to, just to step bring in your to... Da Vinci machine and it full body scanned you and it didn't have any radiation or 5g. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or even, I mean, like think, because we can think of a world in which this stuff is is feasible. Like we can think of a, a a machine where you could even have shots administered that would be sent to you, you know, via Amazon and plug into a cartridge or something mm. like three D three D printed vaccines. I think it's it's important too is like 
try and understand. There's so many of the reasons why we don't have these things is because of competing interests. And we brought up telemedicine and so many chat rooms said, oh, it's because of insurance companies. I don't know that. I know the AMA and the doctors uh, groups fought against it for years because the fear is if all of a sudden and certain medical care groups, like if people own some hospitals were against it because the problem was in I live in Los Angeles County, if I could get a lot of my medical services from some other state where it's cheaper, then they lose. And that's who is fine. Insurance companies generally love this because it lowers the cost. I mean, they're not going to lower your premium. They're just going to make more profit by using things like this. It's often sometimes the people you think, oh, it would be in their interest. Like, no, it's not because they're competing. AMA has changed a bit. Like the pandemic and whatnot, they changed the policies about these things and people change. Sometimes you really have to sort of look at and see like what is, you know, who who loses and sometimes have a valid argument. You know, sometimes have an argument like, no, we're worried about the quality of care or whatever, which I think I don't know. I I've I've I don't I've never found a physician that I'm like, ah, oh, I'm totally comfortable with this person. I really think they are. I found that with I found a dentist like that in Florida who I loved was super smart. And that's part of the problem in medicine is that you go to this one expert who's supposed to be an expert on everything, which is hard. And you, they tell you yeah. and you're like, oh, OK, I guess I guess so. And, and if you don't have any you know, reason to be skeptical or believe that they might not have it right, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people who even, you know, go to doctors and say, well, you're I don't believe you or I don't like you aren't aren't empowered to, you know, get a second opinion or, or able to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, and then we can just kind of graze on this. Uh, we can just graze by this one. But I think a lot of what we're talking about in terms of mental health treatment um, and and uh, the possibilities for progress there, I think there are probably a lot of parallels you can say about uh, maybe the way the criminal justice system works in America, especially in terms of uh, prisons, um, um, in, in terms of... Uh, I don't know what 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 life is like for people in the incarceration system. You know, uh, uh, right now, I mean, I, I think if this I think 100 years from now, we're going to look back at even some of the recent things in terms of uh, getting rid of books and charging prisoners to get tablets or, you know, try continuing to charge them to use the phone. Like, I think we're going to look at that stuff and, and go, that's that's exploitative more than it's exploitative mm -hmm. of the poor um you know i i would hope that that's something that we make make some progress in uh however you feel about w where the the, the oh, criminal justice I, system I, is right now i i it, there is a huge problem with our prison systems because one is often we put people who aren't violent into people who are violent we mix sort of the way we treat certain things we are uh we have that we have exploited systems like you said of like basic services and the cost to sort of get that and the other side of it is that um many of our prisons are corrupt the, the amount of fraud that gets committed from within inside prisons because prisoners like you look at number of fraud cases that come in there because somebody has access to a phone they should not have or whatever and you look like how do these things get in there in some states maybe this one um they the the prison guard union we're able to get it get it uh, a bill uh, killed that was going to make it mandatory to X-ray anything that they brought into the prisons. Mm. So we don't we and you have a pipeline inside there. In some of these cases, you have people who work in the prisons are complicit with this and enabling this. It's not sometimes you have like you know some dude in there gets a cell phone, is able to do some fraud, do some other stuff, or they've access to whatever kinds of things. 
there's a huge amount of this in the drugs and things like this coming into prisons. Like there's a huge, you know, people go into prison sometimes to get hooked on drugs. There's just an availability of that there. We're doing a huge disservice. See, I believe I'm a very much a law and order person, but you need to be treated like a human throughout that process. And if you're yeah. put into a system that makes it worse or gives you worse habits or whatever, that's on us. Yeah. And that's, 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 and we don't know, we don't, we, we don't want to criticize teachers. We don't want to criticize people who run prisons because these are jobs none of us want to do. So mm-hmm. nobody wants to criticize them. And uh, that's problematic. And it's it's a, one of the biggest untold sort of stories that really is the the entire economy's inside prison and how corrupt it is in many places. And both go- government run and privately run prisons. I have, you know, as much as I am a free market person, I'm like, I don't know if we need to delegate everything to private companies. I mean, even yeah. b- parts of that system that, you know, we might consider, I don't know, canonical, right? Like, I think the way we look at prison labor uh, will probably change significantly in a hundred years, right? Um, well, I, I, well, I mean, we don't. Where where do you think right. we are now? I, I don't. I, <laughs> if we need to get into the, I feel like we're on a we're on a we're on a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. I, yeah, I, I don't know enough to to say, but I I just I don't know. I think I think I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we don't have mandatory. You have places where they do programs in prisons where you can work to make money. Okay. The price, what they get paid or whatever like this is problematic. But also, it's like it's not there's there's not a huge demand for prison labor, which is why the price, the pay is like very low. But you're not generally compelled to do that. As far as I know, I'm even mistaken on that because we we changed that years ago. And there was a lot of reforms that were for the good. Some maybe weren't so much for the good, although they seem that way. Um hmm. And, and, and I, I, I legitimately don't yeah. know. I mean, most of what yeah. I know about life in prison is from Origins of the New Black. And so, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Well, it's Bryce, a, well, we're going to announce a new a new podcast we're going to be doing here. Uh, Bryce Goes to Prison. Where he's oh, yes, to do the we are. Yeah. Detailed investigation. Very yeah. excited. Uh, Bryce, Bryce locked uh, up. Yeah, we've uh, put a pound of cocaine in your trunk, and the cops are on their way. So, uh, hey, you just... got a half pound of cocaine in here. You're going to jail, buddy. <laughs> You're going to jail. Uh, <sighs> and like Orange is the New Black, uh, the real lessons will be the friends you met along the way. <laughs> well, you know all the friends that we've made along the way. Uh, well, out of all of them, some of them can be found over at Patreon.com/slash Weird Things. Isn't that right, Justin? Of course, uh, patreon.com slash weird things is where you support this show with your money. Now, you might ask, well, what do I get for that money? Well, I got a good uh, a bargain here for you. Not only do you get the satisfaction of supporting your favorite show that has such tremendous range discussing <laughs> news of the weird and and uh, uh, prison reform and uh, uh, whether or not we're, we're building too fast or too slow throughout our, uh, our, our American society, flashing forward 100 years in the past and in the future, but also you get your custom RSS feed where you're able to get our after things podcast before anybody else get early access to a, uh, uh, I think a very rare and amazing community uh, where we, we share all the numbers, all the experiences about our own careers as uh, entrepreneurs and content makers and uh, uh, men of industry in this bizarre time we live in head on over there patreon.com slash weird things all right gentlemen i have a, an experiment i want you to do right now i want okay. you to pull up uh pull up a browser pull up google okay yep type in mars and then mars. perseverance perseverance yeah, thank loaded. god that auto completed yeah let's see here uh, oh it's got fireworks look at that oh. that's cute <laughs> why why do we have oh yes 
We landed! Woo! Yeah, that uh, that was over. That was over the weekend, right? Um, but more yes. footage is is or coming out Friday. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this was Mars yeah yeah. But, this was this 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 was. Oh, hold hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you guys have all cut. You have all cut out on me. So. Uh, oh, did you close it, it, your browser with the opalette? No, okay. no, I didn't. Uh, apparently, the uh, fireworks from Chrome uh, uh, from Google crashed my browser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Should have used which Safari. Then crashed the then, then crashed the opal. So there we go. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, we so can land a rover on Mars, but <laughs> I know. So yeah, so this so so this landed on Friday, but uh, uh, the the footage that we are discussing at the time of our recording came out a few hours ago, right? Yeah, they've been yeah they've been releasing bit by bit new photos, new footage, uh, and it's and it's an incredible achievement. If you you look at, you know, we sent we sent a rocket ship. Millions of miles through space, you know, over a year to get there, or uh, the time to get there, and then, uh, actually, that was launched on July 2020, so it took uh, seven, eight months to get there. I would make some more sense. Anyhow, took this, took launch last year, finally made it, and then has this heat shield, so as it crashes into the Mars atmosphere, dissipates heat, separates, and all of a sudden sends this whole unit with a sky crane and all that which is just insane the most crazy thing we've did that before and it worked so well we did it again which you know then lowers this thing if you you have to appreciate the size of perseverance it is as big as a car it's huge it's literally you know basically just rocketing not just a car into the mars you know the orbs you know the range of the mars orbit but to actually send a thing there an entire spacecraft that is designed to lower another roving unit on there is insane yeah and we did it it's bigger than before and the photos look great and this thing's semi-autonomous which is cool so it'll actually be able to control itself and do like some predetermined exploration so it doesn't have to wait you know to get you know every 15 minutes or whatever the distance is between earth and mars at that point to get signal Wow, and uh, it—I'm uh, surprised we got footage this fast. Maybe, maybe that's that's an evolution of of communications that um, has has evolved over the years. But I mean, this this happened a few days ago, and we're seeing footage—really, really stunning—resolution uh, footage of of uh, the the rover landing already. Yeah, what we're able to do now is that. Uh, partially is as if you're you're sending back image by image by image you can then now then play them back in real time which is helpful so you know we don't we don't have like live video feeds from there yet but what we're able to do though is to send you know a bunch of you know slowly download a bunch of you know frames and then put them back together and get effectively video well it wow. is video that's amazing yeah that's that's uh, incredible and so this was only launched last year then yeah july that's amazing. And so it got there in less than a year and we're, we're getting pictures and videos back that was that at like one of the, 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 the shortest windows of when we could launch something from earth and get it to Mars that fast. Yeah. It's like, you know, every like 34 months or whatever the period is, is when you could do that. So it was launched within that window and then, uh, was able to make, you know, the journey there during that period of time, which, and that's that's pretty, you know, sometimes like sometimes they go faster, sometimes it goes slower, it depends. But I think they launched that on an atlas. Uh, 
and it's it's cool. I mean, it, it's you know, often we're used to hearing about stuff going to like the you know, like oh, something just passed Neptune or whatever, and that takes years and years. So this uh, so is just kind of incredible. I, I wanted to share this because I I thought we might have talked we we might we're going to talk about uh, something that came out. What was this on the nineteenth? Which was um, fake a faked video and audio um, that was circulating about the sound of Mars. Um, this is this is the fake thing. Apparently, people put together a, a large panorama that the the other Mars rover had done, and put together some wind soundscape. But apparently, uh, we now have the hottest new SoundCloud rapper in the game, the <laughs> Mars rover. Uh, first, Mars sounds from Mars filters out rover self noise. I hear nothing. Oh, you don't hear it? It's yeah, there's, just, there's just that. Yeah, just, just a like a very, very subtle deep wind. rumbling. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I saw that video too. Like the sound of Mars. I'm like, well, that doesn't really compute that much because there's such thin, like one percent atmosphere at that level to have any kind of sense of sound. You have to do so much kind of signal processing, whatever, to create the sense of a sound. And I was like, this doesn't. I didn't. I didn't like, you know, retweet it or anything. Cause like I was, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, it's not like you just put a microphone out there and like, Hey, listen to the sound of Mars. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And you're muted talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. So what is uh, uh, a perseverance is now going to go through all of the uh, things that they have uh, determined that it will do. Uh, what is on that list? Well, the most important thing is launching a helicopter. That's right. It's got this damn thing. has got a helicopter on it too. Got a helicopter. Oh my God. <laughs> that's right. So do, do, do we know when that's going to be? Is that like an immediate thing? Uh, I don't know. I just so many comments said so would be like a desert with a light wind. No, like a desert with almost no wind whatsoever at all because there's no friggin' air. There's there. no atmosphere. It's 1%. Yeah. yeah, it's one percent. You know, it's like so. But like, but you're like, okay, Andrew. Then how do we have a helicopter there? I don't know. Magic. Um, <laughs> no, there's enough atmosphere there that you can actually. There's enough atmosphere, and if you 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 have to spin. Here's the way it works. There is atmosphere there, and there is wind. There is sound on Mars. I think that very clear sound, but it's just it would be like one percent or two percent the volume of what we're used to here. There's no one there to hear as far, it. Yeah, well, there's a <laughs> rover there. As far as the helicopter is concerned, this is the way. This is the way I had to look this up before because I read like a paper years ago. Like, could you make an airplane work on Mars? I'm like, oh no, it's not of atmosphere. Like, actually, you could. You just got to spin your propellers a lot faster and move faster because there is still air there. And we do have airplanes that fly at very, very high altitudes where the air is very thin. The key is you got to move very fast. And the case of this helicopter, it's got these uh, two counter rotors that spin extremely, really, 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 really fast, right? So the rotors are counter rotating, spinning very fast. And it's very Plus small. The of Mars. It, it, it's yeah, very small. It's not a huge helicopter with the, uh, the cabin and everything. It looks like a little, uh, it's got a little <laughs> shiny box and legs. It's a, yeah, it's a drone, you know, it's, but it, it's the other advantage is that you have 30, you know, 40% of the gravity. So you're much lighter. So your battery packs, you get a big weight reduction there, which is one of the reasons which makes it somewhat feasible is like, okay, not as much atmosphere, but it doesn't weigh as much. So you can push things a lot faster, whatever. So the rotors spend at 
2,400 rotations per minute, so which is pretty freaking fast. And in theory, we've never actually tested a helicopter in a environment with gravity like this. Wow. We'll see. That's insane. And and I'm so looking forward to the uh, uh, dank drone footage that we can now uh, uh, insert into any you know rap music video. The travel, like I'm the travel influencer YouTuber with the big drone. Footage. Exactly. Yeah. And you've got Baja, and you've got Molly, and then you've got Mars. Yeah, Mars. Yeah. Oh my God. So busted. Like those old. Like <laughs> oh, you're in Cabo. Who cares? Right. Like like no, you really want Mars. Mars. The greatest travelogue of all time. So here's the schedule. The drone, the small drone helicopter is planned for deployment in the first 30, 30 souls, as we say in space, you know, about 31 Earth days after the landing of the Perseverance rover, uh, which was Friday. It is planned to make the first powered flight on any planet beyond Earth and is expected to fly up to five times during its 30-day test campaign early in the rover's mission as its primary technology demonstration. Each flight is planned to be at an altitude ranging from 10 to 16 feet above the ground. In up to 90 seconds per flight, it could travel as far as 160 feet downrange and then back to the starting area. It can use autonomous control during its short flights, although flights will be telerobotically planned and scripted by controllers at JPL. It will communicate with the Perseverance rover directly after each landing. If it works, it's expected NASA could build on the design for future Mars aerial missions. Yeah, this is this is really big, very, very, very big. If works, because it opens up an entirely new way to explore Mars, and we might be sitting future missions which are just payloads of drones. Yeah, yeah, we could. Oh we my could, god, we could yeah, map Mars. Multiple- <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, dummy boy question. How is this communicating with Earth? How is Perseverance communicating with Earth? Like, like what is not, the, the, yeah. Not, not a dumb question at all. So we have in orbit around Mars, as far as I understand, Mar- uh, NASA has what's called its deep space network. It's just sort of its way of communicating to basically like missions, some space probes, aim their stuff straight back at Earth, and we have big telescopes on Earth to to receive them. In the case of, like, Mars Perseverance, a mission like this is we have there, and then we have a satellite in orbit around Mars, which is then capable of retransmitting and sending things back, can be the case of that. So uh, that's my understanding of what we're doing, is I forget which uh, one of the orbiters, but again, it gets sent to stuff up to there. Hmm. But that's a bigger thing, too, is... So we, so we, so we, we... Yeah, we, we we have a network that is is built for this kind of relay of of information that eventually gets back to us, and we can get back to the perseverance. Yeah, yeah. So they have it's called the Mars. This is the Mars Relay Network. Okay, so uh, perseverance. They have the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. We have the Mars Odyssey and uh, Maven, and so we have. Several of these satellites there that are then we have like Goldstone, which is on Earth, which is a facility there. It's talks to them. So basically, it's relayed. Okay, uh, satellites, right? From it's, it's bouncing around. Yeah, but 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 that that's the satellite system that has to be in place for this to work. Wow. Yeah, like early on, um, 
yeah, that's sort of what makes it a lot easier to be able to do that. And so basically, you know, the rover sending its little information and stuff up to one of those satellites, and then those satellites are then, you know, transmit it back mm -hmm. to our Earth network. And how how cool is it that, yeah, we got satellites on Mars. That's amazing. Mars. So, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, does any other nation have stuff on Mars or, or, or is that a, is that a, an, an American's game right now? Um, ESA. Uh, I mean, they had the ESA has the ESA trace gas orbiter, which is orbiting Mars. The record of their other countries have stuff on Mars. Oh, they have not been able to land it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that was like for the longest time we had, uh, you know, the conspiracy theory was because it was like it was like one out of three like our records got much better but it was like like one out of three things just uh landed know, collided yeah. with mars or even made like even in orbit emissions you know huh. i mean it's I'm looking at the uh, you know space is kind of you know justin space is kind of big you know sometimes you're gonna miss you know it's a you know a one degree difference from new york to los angeles can end you up in washington you know that's that's a fact i mean yeah yeah look i, I I'm 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 just kind of amazed, and that's that's one of those things where I don't know whether or not my view is just myopic because we're going to be a NASA focused, you know, media and 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 everything. That like I don't know if like China's got rovers or whatever, or the ESA or something no. has has rovers, but uh, that's pretty awesome because we've got a bunch of them right now. We're launching helicopters and stuff like stunting on these hoes. I, I want to send to Bryce. I'll send you this photo here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a. Uh... This is the European uh, Mars lander. And again, we, we I don't want to pick on anybody because like we've had, it is hard and we've had issues with, we lost one of our Mars programs to a uh, math error, a metric to, you know, imperial conversion no! error. Oh, oh no. So we, we've, I'm not, it's hard. So any, I'm like, it's not like, oh, look at this country. How we, we figured, you know. Had, forgot how to convert and lost a thing. So that was a photo of me when I was at JPL in front of a, a replica of the uh, 2020 rover, and you saw how big it is. Mm -hmm. It was uh, huge. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we got, yeah. Mars has got some skid marks on it, huh? Oops. Uh -oh. Yeah. This is, which yeah, is that's the, the Skya Pirelli? Shepparelli. Shepparelli. Oh, yeah. Um, from 2016, it looks like that crashed. Wow. Ooh. And that was one of ours? Uh, Europe's. No, that was the European. Oh, it was Europe's. Europe's. Oh, no. But we sent them photos from our Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. <laughs> hey, guys. Just wanted to let yeah, you know. I, I, I saw this. I, I saw this. I don't know if you knew about this. Yeah. I just wanted to make happens sure. Happens to the best of us. No, we just keep yeah. it between us. God, we're no, so like, yeah, back at, Tell us what happened in 1998. You couldn't tell the difference between a meter and a yard. Like, oh, shut up. All right. It's hard. Mars shut is up, hard. Shut, right? up, shut, like, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> uh... Kudos. It's just, I mean, it's amazing. We've got, um, there's some really cool, there's some sample return missions, whatever. I think it was, we talked, it was a, it was a JAXA, the Japanese space agency did, you know, brought back some first samples from that asteroid, which is cool. Like, I mean, it's space, and they're doing, you know, amazing stuff's going on all over. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think we're, 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 we're in a thrilling time for space exploration. I don't, and not to get too much, but like we've, we've had, we had a lot of people cheering this on, and then there was a counter hashtag like uh, "What else we could spend Mars money on?" I forgot what the hashtag was about. You know, people who are wondering why we're spending money on that. And let me—I think that's a perfectly valid question. I think it's a perfectly valid question to say why are we spending money on this instead of that. I would also say, 
let's go talk about like the billions of dollars we spent on naval ships that we're never going to use that we knew we didn't need. Sure. Let's address, you know, Lighter the, planes. You know ha- ha- yeah, half the budget we spent on fraud, fraudulent COVID claims in California, the $10 billion in fraudulent COVID claims in California because we rushed through something in a way we shouldn't have there. We're warned about it. That's half the budget of NASA. Like, I'm like, yes, you're free. Please criticize this, but. Let's come talk about the, you know, how about that billion dollar SLS tower that none of these people even know exists, whatever. And that's, yeah, that's my issue. I, 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 all I would say is that this government has a lot of money. It spends a lot of money. And if we're looking to rank things of bang for our buck, this is a pretty high return <laughs> for, 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 for whatever it has gone into it. Uh, we, we, we only hope and pray that all of our investments in all of the things that we invest in and spend money on has the level of measurable return that that we got from that we got from this this is something that i think you know if 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 you talk about flashing forward 100 years this is the kind of building block that will likely define the next century like if 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 we yeah. are thinking about humanity entering an an extraplanetary age so and i would say i again i'm very pro this but i also want to be devil's advocate there is um you know we we're like oh what happened why didn't we go back to the moon my girlfriend says why don't we go back to the moon it cost us a billion dollars in 1970 dollars per astronaut to put them on the moon that's why is you know at the height at the height of the Apollo program was something like 23 24% of our already exploding budget it was hugely expensive and not a sustainable thing particularly when you're trying to say the benefits we say well look at all these products we got there have been a lot of benefits from there but i would devil's advocate like yeah and i think if we put a bunch of research into material science we for 10% of that money funding to you know uh engineering colleges and schools like that we might get more it's to me that's not as strong and some of the people i know some of these science advocates were you know yelling at the dumbs for like don't you understand and i'm like um we can't just say my cathedral's going to be really awesome that can't be our argument you know that like yeah but look at the yeah. stained glass windows and it, and, and it can't just be that like we'll get some benefit later on i think you have to sort of say this is how it has direct and whatever and these things do happen now we do see the benefits from these things directly and we're seeing as the privatization of space, which I think is a, a very good thing because then it means we are incentivized to do this and you know, we see real reward. Yeah. And it's cheaper. We can do it more. We can, and, and, yeah. and we can keep again, that, that bang for the buck, uh, in a better proportion. Yeah. And, and those yeah. innovations, you know, if, if SpaceX comes up with a cheaper way to do it, you know, down the line, those things, those things spread across those industries, right? Um, you know, we could be looking at, uh, you know, uh, the price of NASA doing something also coming down as SpaceX oh, continues to bring their prices down. I mean, well, we've was... already we've already we've already seen it with with the difference between. I mean, when we started, one of the canonical issues that we talked about on this podcast from from uh, oh so many years ago was the kind of fork in the road of what NASA's path to kind of space and Mars were going to be and what was happening in private rocketry and the stuff that we were passionately told was impossible, uh, including reusing rockets, including landing your, 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 your rockets are now like normal ass stuff. Like I think we all have friends that have kids that will just, 
the, the entirety of their lives will just be like, oh, no, yeah, rockets are those things that take off and land, you know, like a plane. They're basically like a plane that goes you that, that, that takes you to space. And that's something that, again, when there are episodes of this podcast where we were being passionately told, yeah, eh, there's a lot of stuff here. Almost certainly not possible. Let me give you a choice quote who I, I respect immensely, but he had kind of a very different view of I thought where NASA could have gone. And that was um, uh, Charlie Bolden, who was a four-time astronaut, NASA administrator. And he was NASA administrator prior to, uh, well, uh, years ago. So anyhow, 2014, because I'm trying to, can't, I can't remember who's the acting administrator right now. So yeah. uh, anyhow, he, 2014, he was asked by uh uh, Eric Berger, who's a great reporter at Ars Technica, covers space stuff about why NASA was investing so much money in the SLS rocket, which we've talked about, when SpaceX was using its own funds to develop the lower cost Falcon Heavy rocket. This was Charles Bowden's statement. Charles Bowden's statement. Let's be very honest. We don't have a commercially available heavy lift vehicle. The Falcon 9 Heavy may someday come about. It's on the drawing board right now. SLS is real. <laughs> Well, and what 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 year was this? Um, this was recent, um, wasn't it? Um, 2014. 2014. Then 2016. 2016 asked again, if you talk about launch vehicles, we believe our sponsor donation is to take care of things that normal people cannot do or don't want to do, like large launch vehicles. I'm not a big fan of commercial investment large launch vehicles just yet. Hmm. Uh so you gotta play it close know, to your chest. Yeah, you gotta you know, I, um, I especially when you're especially when you're hiding lobbyist money. That's <laughs> something that you want to keep yeah. close to your chest. Okay. He yeah. said so he remember, said recklessly throwing around Jesus. an accusation. <laughs> SLS was supposed to launch in 2017. 2017 was the launch date, and SLS was designed. Oh, we'll use some former shuttle parts, all this. We'll just throw this thing together. No problem. Uh and you look through the history. We bash on that a lot, but I'm like, 2017. It's 2021 yet. They've got to do another test because it failed the last engine test. They got to do another engine test by like the end of this month before they can even send it to the next facility for the next stage. It ain't launching this year. It ain't launching this year. Mm -hmm. Best case scenario, if it fails this test, it may never launch. It's it, best case scenario, it's gonna launch in 2022. That's five years. Five years which is, and I won't even get into the James Webb Space Telescope and other stuff that's cost billions of dollars. And that's like my uh -huh. my friends are a pro, like, yeah, everything NASA does is great. And people are like, we need to increase the funding for NASA, which I'm all for, but I'm like, I'll tell people, like, yeah, we should we should spend as much as the ESA does, right? The Europeans spend on their space. And people are like, I don't know, do they spend more? No, no, way less. We spend more on our space agents than any other country in the world, you know, for purely civilian stuff. But, and I'm all for more, it's just if we spend it smarter. <laughs> Mm -hmm. sure yeah and i like yeah. i like i like where we're at now I, I i feel like uh uh we're gonna have a lot of options i mean hell i think it's been since we last talked on this show because we took the week off with the um with with, with the freeze but right you know jeff bezos actively uh uh you know handing over the reins over at amazon and then sure enough all of a sudden with with uh, a lot of the rumors being that he wants to focus more heavily on blue origin uh, uh we saw some hints that they might be closer to a a larger breakthrough than than we might have previously thought right i sent you yeah, i sent uh, i was joking because we did on the podcast we talked about about how the next rocket they have is the new glenn that is going to be their orbital class rocket and i had made the comment because 
Brian was asking like how far it was like I said I don't know but they're so secretive it wouldn't surprise me if literally the next day they popped it up on a launch pad and then literally four days later I see an image gets leaked from Canaveral which shows part of the new Glenn rocket sticking out of a facility now I don't know how much of the rest of it's there but clearly there there's physical hardware there yeah but mm-hmm. there's hardware for SLS too so maybe I need to temper that. Well, I mean, uh, all, all I know is that there's a lot of exciting stuff happening in in, yeah. in rocketry, and and it is tangible, tangible in a way that like you you look at what we used to excite ourselves in terms of space exploration, and it was by and large press releases. It was press releases and time frames that we could, yeah. you know, say, wow, well, only in five years or in ten years we'll be able to do blah blah blah. And now we we measure our speed in. Uh, uh, advancements in rockets at, at like iPhone cycles. <laughs> we're like, like every year we're looking at some new advancement and, and making things uh, more powerful, cheaper, and, and more reliable. just more accessible, more reliable. And it's, it's, it's going to be exciting when we get to the point where NASA gets to do what it does best, which is incredible science. You know, we bag on stuff a mm-hmm. bit because we pay so much attention, but incredible science. The achievement, perseverance is an incredible piece of hardware, et cetera. The helicopter pushing the envelope a lot with that. And kind of they had to do something like that, too, because part of it is the when they have to go before senators and ask for like more funding, they kind of go like, well, how is this different than the last thing? Like, well, we looked at these rocks this time. And it's yeah. more than that, of course. But when you're trying to explain something to a senator, that is sort of the kind of the dog and pony show part of it. But once, you know, we talked about, I think, in a previous podcast, how there is part of the Artemis mission involved, or the Lunar Gateway is these, you know, there's uh, like three structures. Two of them are going to be launched on the Falcon Heavy. Previously, they were supposed to be launched on the SLS and mandated even by you know Congress. But that got changed. And so now Falcon Heavy gets to be used for that. And it's going to cost like, you know, like, like eighty percent less or something, much 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 cheaper to be able to do it that way. Which, in theory, if we say, "Hey, we have this budget for NASA, let's not lower this budget," but instead of spending, you know, a three or four billion of this on SLS programs and maintenance every year, let's use this on more Mars rovers and more incredible missions elsewhere. We get more science. Yes, and that's that's huge, huge. Yeah. So, uh, gentlemen, picks. Yeah, we can do picks. Indeed. I, I got a pick. Uh, over uh, over these past two weeks, I had a lot of time at home, it turns out. <laughs> oh, why is that, Bryce? Decided it's a me time? <laughs> it's just sort of like, yeah, it's sit like a down staycation. And uh, I, I had a chance to play a video game to start and to finish a video game that uh, uh, has, it's it's been out for a little while. They just recently uh, re-released it for the new next generation consoles and uh, it's free on the PlayStation Plus service this month. Um, and so I finally got a chance to dive into uh, Control, uh, the new Ultimate Edition. Uh, uh, I, I don't expect either of you guys know Control, but uh, Justin and Andrew, I'm sure you've heard of um, like the SCP Foundation stuff. Yeah, I sure, if I have. of course. Uh, that no. that is uh, for, for the listeners who may not know. Um, that's this online... Um, I know writing community where they have imagined up this um, you know this big government agency that uh, keeps track of of um, mysterious and supernatural items, and they you know redact stuff and they they try to build out um, kind of this this shared mythology of 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 
uh, I don't know, unusual objects in, in our reality that bend our reality. And uh, c Control kind of takes that idea and some of those aesthetics. Uh, so the idea is that you are... Um, uh, you're a, a woman going to the Federal Bureau of Control, um, which is kind of a clandestine secret government organization that is kind of like SCP, charged with finding and um, uh, securing and containing um, objects of power, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, these these weird items that, for whatever reason, have various... Um, uh, I don't know, ab abilities. And it, when she walks in, she finds out there's been a, a, a an invasion by this unknown force called the Hiss and it's invading people and it's taking them over. And um, she like immediately, like the first thing that happens is you walk in and the, the director shoots himself in the head and everyone says, cool, you're the director now, lady. <laughs> and uh, you go around trying to, you know, solve all the problems and figure out why, you know what's happening how do you contain it i i gotta say that the the thing that really gets me the most more than the gameplay even is the storytelling i think that they do a really good job of mixing um mixing like cinematic um uh storytelling um methods um with alongside you know the in-game stuff right uh there's there's all there's text logs everywhere talking about the different artifacts and the different incidents that have happened and how the how the bureau responds to it. I, I think that's part of what makes control kind of very distinct from this SCP stuff where it's like, there's, there's actually a pretty human story. This is really looking at like, what does it look like to work uh, for, at a place like this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's also, I think it's like just scary enough. I'm not really good with scary stuff and it's just scary enough where it's, where it's, it's pretty thrilling. I, I think it's really cool. Um, and um, they have a lot of accessibility stuff. You know, if you find that you are getting, uh, if you're getting beat down, they've got all sorts of options. You can fine tune how, uh, how many handicaps you give yourself um, if you want to just enjoy the story. And I, 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 think it's, I think it's a really interesting kind of singular video game experience. So uh, Control, um, it's been out for a few years, but that Ultimate Edition is now out on the next gen consoles. Apparently engrossing enough that you can forget the fact that society has crumbled around you. <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That they is found a... him there frozen with the controller in his hand. <laughs> you want to know what? I'm I'm just realizing now that we really screwed up uh, uh, giving you the nickname Icy Pricey on, <laughs> uh, on, on Night Attack two weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I would like to issue a, I would like to issue a, a, an apology. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I'm over the moon about WandaVision, but uh, I don't know if, if, if uh, we want to expend more conversation there. I, I will say that we are uh, now out of uh, Kim's convenience, so we needed a new show, my wife and I. And we have uh, uh, decided to settle on HBO Max's Raised by Wolves. <gasps> yes. Raised by Wolves is so good. So how far into Raised by Wolves are you? I think we are five episodes in. Okay. So you're, um, you're, about, you're, you're halfway through. You're, yeah. But uh, it's great. I'm gonna file this one under G for great. <laughs> you very you, much. You watched yeah. this, Andrew, right? I was my pick uh like months ago. Thank you, Bryce. Yeah. 
I think when it was when it was first airing, yeah. yeah. No, it was. I'm uh, like, hey, um, everybody, check this thing out. It's so different, cool. I think a couple nights or a couple days in a row, I'm like, this is really cool. I'm like, no, Andrew, it sucks. We're never getting an Oculus Quest. <laughs> Everything you like is garbage. That thing we classically um, we say. Care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just started booing in unison. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Uh, look, it's it has that great. Battlestar Galactica quality where if you stripped out all the sci-fi it would just be a great frontier western mm -hmm. you know like you could you could do a version of this where you know you, you take some of these relative elements and you know you you, you cast them with different things and it, it would just be a great like settling of a town Far like you know a a, a western frontier story, uh, but of but course it, it it has these great amazing things that you are finding, and it has it, it it's turning the corner now into this like oh this is like is this is this competent lost? Uh, is this it's a like, couple of different so, shows. It's well, a couple of different yeah. shows. Because like you're like because your take and nothing wrong. I don't disagree with anything you said, but my take was like. I'm like, at first, I'm like, I'll watch this, but man, like, just a few people on a planet is such an old trope, but it's lazy, cheap sci fi. I don't know how much I'm going to get into it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that you know, the caveat beginning, they're robots, you know, and there's this other yeah. element. And then I'm, the wind, the space crusaders show up. <laughs> yeah. The space crusaders show up with a friggin' like the 15th century, you know, lo looking and approach sort of people, dudes show up. I'm like, well, this took a very interesting turn. Let's oh, see yeah. where this goes. And then it's like, you know, to be rooting for a genocidal murder bot is amazing. Uh, it's so it's good. so. It's so gets yeah. It's like a great science fiction novel because you can't nail it down and say, "Well, it's just this." Because it, it's, it's not. It's right. Yeah. It's not. And 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 we are getting the further we get into it, it's like it, it reminds me of those moments that I love the most about Lost. That that now it's hard to even like point to because you realize they were hollow. They were literally just the fascinating looking shapes that had nothing within them and with the amount of care that this show has already shown in building out their world and building out the, the the conflicts that all these characters are are aligned on their motivations are are interesting and solid now when you introduce a mystery character or something like that or a mystery motivation or a, a something in in the distance i'm like okay I feel confident and ensconced that this is going to have a payoff. This is going to make yeah. the world bigger. And it's fast. You, like, like that's, you know, the thing I didn't like about Lost, having watched it a couple, a year or so ago now, is like Lost is slow and it's kind of formulaic where Raised by Wolves, I mean, the first episode, the, the first episode, the first couple episodes are like, those could have been arcs that you spent a whole show season on. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and oh, it yeah. just, it, it, bla it, it blasts through different, for a, for, for a good reason and in, in a good way. Uh, but it, it's not skimp on, on uh, making you wait too long on what it, what's well, going to happen next. 
there was a moment in season one of Lost, or or maybe it was season two, where Andrew and I, who were watching it together, were just like, "Oh my god, the smoke monster! Is it nanobots? Like, you know, like uh, they could do this, this this whole cool like retro future 1970s. Like, what if they did discover telekinesis and and they and there there's this like you know semi pocket universe where all these things have gone ahead." And then it's like, it just sits there and eventually it just becomes God. And it's like, oh, okay. So none of this, none of this interesting stuff you, you even really wanted to pick up and run with. This isn't really a science fiction show. This is just a, a veneer that you've painted over it, which, and, and, and all that being said, I could still defend Lost in terms of like the characters, but like that be, that's not this show. This show is like, no, all of these things matter. All of these tubes matter. All of this technology matters. Every single element of this world, this space arc, this, this, these eyes, these, you know, like this is all something that you should be paying attention to because it is going to be relevant to the story going forward. And it's like, that's what it brought me back to is, is like that, those, those halcyon days where I'm like, Ooh, is the smoke monster nanobots. And then it was like, the, that so, show was like, yeah, who cares? Uh, is Sawyer yeah, going to kiss the girl? Here's my, my, here's my impression of lost. Okay. Gentlemen, I have a deck of cards in front of me. Huh. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're going to think of a card. The top of the box is going to open you will see a card slowly slide up, slide up with no control from me, slide up even four, then float three inches above the top of the box, slowly revolve into the air out in the air, but it will be blank. And then as we concentrate, it is going to turn into the card you are thinking of. Oh, wow. Are you ready? That's crazy. Yeah, yes. I'm ready for it. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be cool? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I paint a wonderful picture in your head? In my You're head, welcome. I was really that happy with it. That is the real magic. <laughs> the real magic is that it happened inside your heads, everybody. That is real storytelling, you see. War, I'd actually make that happen. Who cares at that point? That I mean, was, that's what... Mystery Box in a nutshell, you know, <laughs> and that's why... Abrams doesn't use mystery box anymore. And you saw that when he did the final star Wars film, he realized well, the and problem with that theory. You know, there was, like, uh, you know, JJ Abrams announced that there's a new series, you know, like subject to change or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, like a big mysterious premise. And I, I almost yelled at my computer screen. I was like, yeah, no, like, no, no. Like I, 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 no. I'm trying to discipline a dog. Like, no, you do not get yeah. down, get down. <laughs> Let me tell you what lost inspired, but what worked walking dead. What if the world was zombies? Ah, oh, and then we're going to find it. No, no. You just got to survive in a world filled with zombies and how awful people that's are. It. That is your story. You know, that's the premise. There is no big, there are little answers like how it happened, but you don't care because it's not important because the reality is consistent and it's horrible. That's great storytelling. How many seasons, how many spinoffs is, is Walking Dead done? And I would have told you at the time, like, this is a zombie thing. How far can you go? Like two or three episodes? It's the same thing over and over again? No, Andrew, nope. you are wrong. People love it. Yeah. Yep. Just, yeah, every, we got to get some food. I don't know. Oh, zombies. Uh, we're almost going to die. And then every once in a while, somebody dies. And it's like, uh, rinse, repeat. People love it. It It, 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 it is uh, uh, McDonald's. Uh, 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 a billion people can't be wrong. Uh, uh, I, you know, I was in China and, you know, people there, I was there talk, like, oh, what's your favorite show? I'm like, oh, they're like, do you watch Walking Dead? 
I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we love it. We love it. Like just universal. It's like, um, w- one last thing on raised by wolves. Uh, we, uh, we have a gap, I guess, between whatever the next show we want to talk about for spoiling time is. So we're going to be covering, uh, raised by wolves on, uh, it's spoiler in time. Oh, call me up. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be. I want to be doing it. Uh, we're I also want to point out. Week. I also want to point out that my wife will not say the name of the show because she has the midwestern affectation that I consistently mock her for of saying wolves instead of wolves. <gasps> Raised by wolves. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll constantly try to trick her into you know, saying what the name of it is. What do you want to so watch far, tonight? I've, yeah, and she just goes ow. <laughs> <laughs> the Shakira. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Angie, you got a pick? I have a pick and man, like I just this thing popped up for once like the Twitter sort of random stuff served a purpose <laughs> and it is usually like you you watch you watch one car video and next thing it's all about like, you know, how to find the right laminate for your, you know, deck. And yeah. so it's important. It just, you got to get the right stuff. If you get galvanized in 2021, we're leaving galvanized in 2020. So there's a video called the bizarre role to fake martial arts on YouTube. And I sent you the link to that Bryce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is um, first. I'm like, Oh, it's cool. Cause like so much of there is just like BS. And by the way, I'm claiming dibs on, a, there's a story in there about, I, th- I t- think I mentioned before the guy who did a uh, count Dante, who had these comic book ads for like yes. the death touch and all this. And we've talked about that guy, like the whole Chicago, like uh, dojo wars is something that we need to make a series about. But this goes, it starts off talking about like these people using like, oh, fake chi, just like defeating their opponent by touching them and whatever. And it's completely BS. It's fake martial arts. None of it's real. You can't do that. And, you know, the people who they always do these demonstrations with tend to be their own students who seem to know exactly how they're supposed to behave. Like this is where a guy will wave his hand at somebody and they'll just fall down or in this case, just stare at them. So this video goes in there and just sort of dismantles, talks about some of the origins of fake martial arts. And again, the guy's a big fan of martial arts, as am I, but then shows these BS ones. And then 20 minutes in, it takes, holy cow, a very interesting turn because they talk about how under in China, there is sort of the and the the reawakening or whatever the the current program they're trying to do right now is they wanted to have people get a deep appreciation for Chinese arts and Chinese culture, including Chinese martial arts. And they elevated and they would do like primetime specials showing showing Tai Chi experts and stuff. And there is a Chinese MMA enthusiast and fighter who's you know an older guy who's more of a hobbyist, but a radio personality Zhu Jingdong, who is like, hey, um, those like, uh. These traditional arts, like you know, the Wu Chang, whatever, these like they're not good. They're not real. They're not Tai Chi is not a fighting technique. It's not good. These are not, these will not help you in a fight. And he's been like saying, like, kind of like saying these things aren't real. And then people are like, oh, how dare you? And he's like, okay. And he's talking about these, these like fake martial arts practitioners, or whatever, like, I will go against you. And he's like, I'm in my 40s and overweight. And so they've had like the the big, the big most famous Tai Chi experts and some of these other people who are these traditionalists have been getting into going into the ring with this guy to prove that he's wrong. And he's just an ignorant person doesn't understand how superior these systems are. And they promptly get their butts kicked. And he's been doing this over and over again, just trying to say like, listen, there's real martial arts. There's fake. These things are fake. But because this is China and because of the emphasis on, no, these things are real. These things are great. 
on your MMA things is this bastardized Western sort of concoction. He's had a social credit score demolished. He can't fly. If he goes to do tournaments, they make him wear clown makeup, and they're doing everything in the world they can to try to silence or humiliate him because unpopular opinion, and it goes against what the government's trying to say. And this guy suffered a tremendous price for what he's been going through. Really, really, really recommend watching this. And, you know, it's not just the government, but like people, you know, like, well, he's clearly a, a not a good person. So we need to sort of, you know, diminish him. And they did like a primetime special where he went off, you know, one of the biggest masters they had and just demolished the guy. And then you watch them demolish the guy, keep beating him up. And then they, go, they declare it a tie. <laughs> <laughs> but they make him wear wow. like he had to wear like watermelon makeup on his face and call himself like the watermelon guy in order to be able to fight. He finally got kicked out of his, his own school because the pressure and he'd been teaching there for years. And there's a video of him in tears. And this is. He's just trying to say, like, hey, like, you know, these things, some of these things aren't real. Some of these things are made up yeah. and they're not helpful. And if you think they're, if you're trying to say they're real fighting art, they're not. And he is a very, very brave person. Uh, again, his name is Zhu Zhengdong. Um, check out the bizarre world of fake martial arts. And it is heart wrenching to see how far this guy's willing to go, you know, to sort of say, like, you know, we, we need to be able to say what's real and what's not. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and this is this is a full you know thirty minute documentary on YouTube. We'll have it in the show notes here um, from yeah. uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf. Wow. wow, this is incredible. Yeah, and and just uh, uh, you know released earlier this week. Oh oh, Super Eye Patch Wolf. I've actually seen a few things of of his. He does uh, some wrestling stuff too. Yeah, this is a year old. This is from oh, oh twenty twenty. Okay, yeah, oh, twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah, again, it, it's it's not it's not a dismissed it's not dismissive martial arts because this comes from a place of you know he's a fan of it and whatever, but you have to be able to say this is in, the, the danger. And, 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 and what, what, a, what a what a crazy thing of just like, hey, this is bad. Like like the, the, he's not even you know uh, uh, stating anything that isn't just fodder on martial arts forums for as long as there's been Usenet, right? Like like just his his opinion that these things are are bad and not really good in a fight that's insane insane and and he has to suffer those hardships yeah like you know tai chi tai chi is a wonderful form of exercise it is a wonderful form of getting people to be mobile particularly for elderly people it has a tremendous amount of value and i don't you know any of the people i know they're critical as a fighting art aren't diminishing that a lot of them are champions like no tai chi is great but the moment you try to teach people something like tai chi for self-defense you're irresponsible. You're, yeah. you're teaching something that will not work. And, you know, and we, we would get that when I was in judo, I did that for years and we would get, we were a competitive school, meaning that like we were every month we were doing competitions and stuff. So we had to practice for a judo competition, which there's no striking, but it's full contact, everything else. We'd get students from other schools, like these Taekwondo factories where you know you you just do your time and pay your money and you get a black belt and people are like oh I'm a black belt I'm like well is it taekwondo we'd be a little bit of a snob and hmm. they would get demolished because they never had any real training they were taught how to kick boards and kick high and done this sort of stuff now you could take a student from there and very quickly teach them how to fight but the way they were taught were taught in this school was giving these people this sort of is false confidence you know when you look yeah. at your top mma fighters you don't hear taekwondo listed first you know no um yeah so man it's, it's there's schools of karate the same way and a lot of martial arts could be it depends on the dojo whatever but my point is uh man this guy's a hero from all i've seen there and to, to imagine how to be able to speak out about that and to keep doing that even though 
your you know, like they would make him, they got rid of his, his social credit. He can't fly. So if he goes to fly and do a competition, you know, he's on the train for, he's on a bus or whatever for 10 hours. Wow. God, you know, it's just, yeah. It's terrible. Bizarre role to fake martial arts. Gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.